a member of the DATC media family. This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock band, Humphreys McGee. Each episode will feature a rotating schedule of insightful show recaps, interviews with members of Team UM, as well as musicians who have been inspired by the band. This is your place for the latest news and happenings in the world of Humphreys McGee, keeping you informed on what's going on or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah J. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I hope that you're able to check out the last fresh episode from two weeks ago, where we took a look back at 2022. There is a link in the show notes if you missed that. Also in the show notes, you'll find a link for my 2022 highlights list and also my 2022 Hall of Fame contenders list. 2022 Hall of Fame voting is coming in February. So those playlists will hopefully help you get started on thinking about what's going to make your ballot. Also, a few weeks ago, I did an episode all about 2021 Hall of Fame, number 213. So check that out if you're interested. Before we start diving into this week's episode, Winter Tour starts this week. The band will kick it off with two nights in Washington, D.C. at 930 Club. Night two, Friday, is sold out. So many people are looking for a ticket for that. Also, the Brooklyn Bowl is for sure sold out the 19th, so people are really looking all over for those. The amazing organization Groove Safe will be in attendance the first few shows of this tour, both nights in D.C., Philly, Bethlehem, Brooklyn Bowl, and then both nights at the Capitol Theater. If you're hitting up any of those shows, make sure you stop by and say hi to Ashley. She's just an absolutely amazing human being. I know that she was still looking for volunteers for some of those dates. So if you are interested in volunteering, they can be found all over social media and the internet. So do a quick search. I'll throw a bunch of links in the show notes too where you can find Groove Safe if you're interested in volunteering at one of those shows or any of the many things I'm sure she has coming up for the year. If you are interested in hearing more from Ashley and Groove Safe, check out episode 188. I chatted with her last year prior to Groove Safe's first partnership with Umfreeze. And like I said, if you want more information or if you want to volunteer with GrooveSafe, any of that, there's a bunch of links in the show notes. Also, in case you missed it, the Colorado run was announced yesterday, June 15th, back at Dillon Amphitheater, and then two nights, June 16th and 17th at Red Rocks with Mo both nights. 
I am so, so freaking stoked to hear that. I'm uh, so pumped. I love Mo. I think I've mentioned that a couple few times here on the show. Um, yeah, that's going to be amazing two nights. And then to go back to Dylan was just such a beautiful venue. So I'm really glad that they were able to um, be there again. If anyone is wondering about the extended set thing that they mentioned in the post yesterday, Joel on Twitter did say that Mo would be doing a 90 to 105 minute set each night, and then Umphreys would play two sets each night. So sign me the fuck up for that. I am so here for that. Tickets go on sale starting today, January 10th, if you're listening to this when it aired. So 10 a.m. Mountain Time, UMVIP tickets go on sale. Tomorrow, Wednesday, January 11th at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, two-day Umphreys pre-sale tickets for Red Rocks only. Thursday, January 12th at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, limited venue pre-sale for all three shows. And then Friday, January 13th at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, general on sale begins for all three shows. So that would be Friday at noon for any of my East Coasters that are listening. Um, And then Friday at 11 for any of you Midwest Central Time Zone folks. All the info you need, I'll throw a link in the show notes for that. Also recently announced, Umphreys will be heading back to Bonnaroo on that Sunday after their three nights in Colorado, June 18th. Any information you need about getting tickets for Bonnaroo, link in show notes. Also yesterday, the band announced on Twitter the release of the UM25 Digital Collectibles available for each night of the tour coming up. Any of that kind of stuff is out of my wheelhouse, but I did see the announcement on Twitter, so I wanted to pass that along to you guys. I will throw a link in the show notes for you to dig in a little more into what all of that is. Before we start unpacking the weekend, a quick shout out and thank you to Mitch and Joshua for their generous monthly Patreon contribution. Your support helps make this show and the others on the network possible. If you're interested in seeing all the awesome perks that you get being a subscriber, head to patreon.com slash DATC Media Company. Over the holiday, I posted a bunch of photos from Carl. Um, There's a bunch of really cool stuff going on on Patreon that I don't share anywhere else on social media or any of the shows or anything like that. So definitely check it out. Lots of awesome perks. Patreon.com slash DATC Media Company. All right, so on to this week of the show. We're going to get into the last shows of 2022, the New Year's Eve run, December 30th and 31st at the Coca-Cola Roxy in Atlanta, Georgia. Before those two nights, Bayless and Jen Hartswick, otherwise known as Heartless, will get things started on Thursday night, December 29th at Terminal West. 
always a great time with these two. You know you're going to get a night full of jokes, and the two of them just witty banter back and forth, and hearing semi-embarrassing stories from each of them. Like, it's such an awesome time. I love everything about Heartless. And again, you know, I wasn't there that weekend. If you heard the episode um, from two weeks ago, I explained the whole deal with the weather here in Buffalo. So my plans got changed, but I had a lot of friends that were at Heartless. And someone had said to me that during the night, Bayless's phone rang and he sees that it's Annie. And so everybody in the audience is like, answer it, answer it. And so he answers it and Annie's on the other line inside the building at the bar, just waving at him from across the room. Love that kind of cheesy shit that goes down at Heartless. <laughs> this evening's set list would contain Sitting on the Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding. Under African Skies, Paul Simon. Just the Two of Us, Bill Withers. 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover by Paul Simon. Gotta Serve Somebody by Bob Dylan. Bell Bottom Blues, Derek and the Dominoes. You're No Good, Linda Ronstadt. Angel from Montgomery, John Prine. Can't Find My Way Home by Blind Faith. Jolene, Dolly Parton. Bullhead City by Umphreys. Come Together, The Beatles, Time After Time by Cindy Lauper, Life Boy by Fish, Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler, Creep by Radiohead, and an encore of What a Fool Believes by the Doobie Brothers, and Freedom 90 by George Michael. I was getting like some videos and stuff periodically throughout the evening. And I will tell you what a fool believes was so good from, you know, the videos and FaceTime that I got and such an earworm, such an earworm. I'm like talking about it and it's getting stuck in my head again. There is a link in the show notes to some videos from the whole weekend. You'll find a bunch of stuff there, but there is also a video shot by Rob Turner co-host of The Wow Show and Stu on This. From that evening, he did a video of Gotta Serve Somebody by Bob Dylan. So check that out. And there's also some other random videos from the evening and some clips of videos also on the DATC Media and podcast Instagram page. So make sure you're following on Instagram. That's my favorite spot to be. And so there's always a ton of coverage the weekend of a show coming out. Um, so give a follow. Hey, Rob. Yeah. I was uh, checking out some people that, you know, I listen to and I'm really interested in online. And uh, they have these things called Patreon accounts. Mm-hmm. What's that all about? Well, you know, it can be hard to monetize these podcasts. And there are expenses that go along with it, you know. Uh, you have to pay engineers. You have to, you know, people's time is money. There's a lot of things that go into making these podcasts. And um, Patreon is a way of using membership to help get money in the hands so that these people can create more podcasts and do more and more. Oh, okay. So our friend Sarah J with the DATC Media Company, we could probably help her out then, huh? Dropped Among This Crowd Media is on Patreon now. And, and the, the, if you donate, you will have access to exclusive membership-only membership 
stuff like uh, content and uh, there'll be merch items and more and more. And you'll be supporting her show, Dropped Among This Crowd, my other show, um, um, the Umphreys McGee Wow Show, my show with you, Stu on this, and uh, the Crooked Conversations magazine. And of course, you know, there's other, I, I have other podcasts I want to do. Um, Sarah did one with Joel about summer camp. She's talking to band members about doing other things. So it just, it, it inspires creativity. It's a way of paying back, you know? If you want to be a terrestrial ra- radio listener and hear ads all the time, then you'd be a passive listener. But if you want to be a podcast listener, you're a part of a community. You need to step up and support that which you like, whether it's us or someone else. If you love a podcast, support that podcast. That sounds great. Sounds like a great way to help out. Indeed. So check it out. Dropped Among This Crowd on Patreon. Well, that's the first thing when you did this podcast and cooking. You were like, well, let's cook. Let's pick something let's go to the from woods. the woods and yeah. make a meal out of it. That was your first thing. Join us as we talk about food and music. Let's do all these things. You know, that's just the way I am. I like that instinct. I'm always like that. I'm like, I don't want to play the old shit. I want to play, you know, new, new, new. Politics and conspiracies. The guys don't say completely demolished it because they were unsafe. Which sounds like bullshit. It sounds like bullshit. It's just like 9 11, right? And the wild world of sports. But there was one, like, I'm a Des Bryant fan, but he got screwed in the postseason because they said he didn't finish. He made a catch, he turned his body, stepped over, and then and then he dropped and they called it incomplete. And I still felt like Cowboys and Des got screwed. There's a lot of days like completely catch Check out our new podcast called Stew on This. Tune us in and see what's cooking. Okay, so on to these two nights, December 30th and 31st. The band would play for the first time at the Coca-Cola Roxy. And this would also be the first New Year's run since 2019. Last time they played at the Fillmore in Denver, Colorado. You may recall last year in Miami was canceled. And then, of course, the 2020, nobody was doing anything for New Year's. So (laughs) this was the first New Year's run since 2019. And like I said before, if you listened to the 2022 recap episode, I talked about how I was unable to make it this year because of the insane blizzard that we got here in Buffalo over Christmas weekend. But thankfully, there was an amazing stream for me to rage at home. And we can thank Keith Greiner and his amazing Fierce Productions for being able to do that. He is featured in the Humble 9 issue of Crooked Conversations. Him and I talk about his work on the live stream at that event, he is the reason why we had such awesome coverage at Umble, no hiccups at all with the stream, and then also the New Year's Eve run. So check that out. Pre-order for the Umble issue of Crooked Conversations is now available. I only order a small number of those, so pre-order is the way to go if you want one. In addition to the regular features, There will be a full review of Umble, a ton of pictures, a chat with the winner of this sticker contest, and more. So if you want one, link in show notes. And if you're wanting even more New Year's Eve coverage, there is a link in the show notes for an article I wrote for Live for Live Music about the weekend. 
Also, I did an Instagram live on the morning of New Year's Eve talking about night one that you can check out on the show's Instagram page if you're interested. Like I mentioned before, give the show's Instagram page a follow. Always coverage coming from there during the weekend of run. And also in the show notes, you'll find a link for my New Year's Eve weekend highlights playlist. So let's dive into night one. This first set, I believe, is some pretty choice Umphreys McGee. And yes, there were highlights spread across the whole night and weekend. But set one, night one, is where it's at for me. And it's crazy to say that because there was a time on this show where I was saying quite the opposite. That night two, set two, was the best in my eyes. But this five-song set on night one is 100% why I umphreeze. Per usual, Ben Factor slayed over the two nights and wonderfully illuminated the six chandeliers inside the Roxy. That's one of the things that I was sad about. Obviously, there were a couple of things, but that I was really sad. I did not get to see the chandeliers in person because they just looked absolutely gorgeous. And any of the photos that I saw from... DATC's photographer, um, just incredible what he did with using those. Just uh, love it so much. Anyway, on to the music this first night. Cut the Cable would get things started, charging off very early, only after about two minutes. And we all knew the minute they lifted off in this direction that we had better be buckled in and ready for what the night had in store. And I think it's interesting is that this song is for sure been seen in this same opening spot, but more of a blow the dust off song. Like we just need to get this out and just kind of get comfortable and kind of wheel grease the wheel a little bit. But this one was just like, Oh, yeah, this feels good. Let's keep this going. We are locked in from right there. And I've been asked many, many times, which I always am, which was my favorite night. And again, both had massive highlights, and no night of Umphreys is ever bad. But this first night was my favorite of the two. 1348 next, that would remain unfinished for the time being. This would abandon its roots after four minutes and wander off about eight minutes, 30 seconds. It just hits that perfect altitude and Jake brings it right up to that exact perfect pocket and then just fucking coasts with it. And then they set it down less than two minutes later into a funky interstellar jam for just a couple of seconds. I personally thought that they could have dabbled in that for maybe another minute before venturing into the next tune, but I digress. 
<laughs> that next tune would be Out of Focus. Not only the first song to come back from Ross Stew, but I thought this was very well placed in the set list. This set was also really well executed in terms of song choice and placement. Fun little fact for you, the working title of this was known as Little Kids. I was trying to look back at pictures and even in my memory, and I don't remember if that had been mentioned on the screen at Umble. I do know that they had put it on there because it was the title of one of the components added to this Out of Focus final creation. Little Kids came from a May 2014 session at Jake's Boondock Studio, but, you know, that was the working title of it before it became what we know now as Out of Focus. The second time this was played, as I mentioned, and both versions would have an almost exact timestamp. The first time out came in at 12.12, and the second playing here, Nugs has it down at 12.17. So they played it pretty much similarly. I listened to the first one and then listen to this one. Very similar, so not a lot of stretching and expanding yet, but it's the second time we've gotten it. Excited for what the coming year has for this and the other Ross Stew songs, especially with Winter Tour gearing up. We got the birthday shows on the horizon. I'm really hoping that we do see some more of those Ross Stew songs. Wrapping up this first set with one of my favorite parts of this evening, in fact, the whole weekend, big highlight for me, Intentions Clear into Junk. First up, the Intentions Clear, beginning its voyage into the unknown slightly after four minutes. About 10 minutes later, at like 1444, which I just, a nerd for numbers, so timestamp like that I love. <laughs> it starts to build methodically and then spreading its wings and gliding right into this beautiful soaring uplifting jam. Absolutely love this and fuck yeah moments of a jam like this. Just blissed out when you listen to something like this. Reaching its max height and slamming right into junk which this is one of my favorite songs anyway. I know I've said this. It's just so big. It takes up so much space. It perfectly highlights everyone in the band. The lyrics are phenomenal. The structure of this song, the ending part of this, just I could go on and on and on. Actually, the ending part of that, I'm sure I've mentioned this, and I think I said this when Adam... Scheinberg was here on the show. I would love to hear a full orchestra play, especially the ending part of Junk. I mean, the whole song, but I think the ending part, I mean, with the band would be fucking epic, but just an orchestra, that would be pretty epic too. So maybe someday. This would go on such a beautiful and tender explosive jam before going into the end of Junk, gently setting it down. They tickled the shit out of Junk about ten and a half, then just abandoned that idea and decided to take the long way and venture through the forest one more time. 
building back into another explosive jam, then back into Jajunk. Just fucking delicious. Oh, it's so good. Even just talking about it again, I'm getting goosebumps because it was so good. And I love that little reminder in there. They're like, okay, this is where we are. Don't forget. We're going to come back to that. Don't worry. But just just so you remember, this is this is the song we were in. We're going to go off again one more time. But just just to remember. Love that. Set two would in time reveal itself as an unfinished stuffed mantis sandwich. Shaking off Mantis proper and heading off about six and a half, really lacing up our dancing shoes as we embark on this little adventure, cooling its heels as it comes to a more even level and coasts its way out, leaving that Mantis totally in the rear view, instead setting sights on its next stop, Small Strides. This song, they are really loving exploring and seeing how they can expand it in new ways. And you can tell that by the way they play it each time, but also just the vibe that the guys give off when they're playing it, especially Stasic. He just kind of gets in the zone when he's in the jam of this. Watching him play it, you know he enjoys it. This version begins to fall down a dank, sexy, interstellar bass rabbit hole slightly after six minutes, burying deeper and deeper roots as it continues, finding its way out seven-ish minutes later, making its way back into small strides proper. That one has been a lot of fun in its short amount of time out into the world already. And that one's going to be a lot of fun to watch continue maturing, for sure. The Lanier next with a very nice transition into Puppet String. That starts to slightly hint we're going in that direction. I thought a few minutes before we actually fell down the rabbit hole. Fully showing its hand the last half a minute of this Lanier. Rounding out this set with Wappy, Women, Wine, and Song, and Den. Some folks were surprised it would go in this direction because it had a very Orfeo feel to it when it first started to make its way. But nope, Jewel faked us out and we went into Den instead. Finishing up that Mantis to close out the second set on night one. Encore. Bayla saying that they were going to play a new song, and then they proceeded to go into Slacker, which they've played over 400 times. Bayla sarcasm at its finest, kind of like an Umphrey's Rickroll in a way. <laughs> and the end of that 1348 creeping its way back in to officially end the first night in Atlanta. I tell you, Carl, there's a lot of people out there who have either band or, or they have a business or they're an artist and then, you know, they're looking to reach this music-loving, traveling music fan mm -hmm. kind of world, which can be elusive. Yes, they're dreamers. Yes, like-minded people. What better way than through Dropped Among This Crowd? If you want to, if you want to, if you have a podcast you want to create, mm -hmm. Sarah can provide a platform. She can, she can provide um, promotion on social media. She can provide an engineer. Um, or if you want to advertise, or if you have any big idea, particularly with the artists, mm -hmm. you want to email Sarah at D 
BATCmediacompany.com. She can provide, again, a platform for your podcast, social media promotion. Uh, she can even provide an engineer. Because, folks, you know, you want to reach fellow Humphreys fans or jam fans or music industry people or musicians or just people who love music and travel for it, or, as in the case of Stu on this, mm-hmm. foodies, mm-hmm. music-loving foodies. That's right. And if y'all need any help with recipes, you need to get a hold of me. Yeah, you need to get Carl directly. But if you want stuff with promotion and social media savvy and a podcast platform, you want to email Sarah at DATCmediacompany.com. Sarah at DATCmediacompany.com. Correct. You want to know how to peel and cut an onion? You talk to me. That's Carl. You want to put out a podcast? You want to put out some material, some artistic expressions that, that you want to get paid for, you contact Sarah J. And if you have old cassettes that you don't know what to do with, you send them to me, Rob Turner. <laughs> hey, this is Rob Turner. I hope you're enjoying this podcast on the Dropped Among This Crowd Media Network. But my friend Jimmy Knowledge and I also have a podcast on this network that we'd like you to listen to, don't we, Jimmy? It's called the Umphreys Wow Show. What we're doing, at least in this season, it uh, we're perfectly willing to let the podcast evolve over the course of time. But season one, we're going through various old school Humphreys McGee songs and exploring them with comments from the band and from the listeners. Generally, we have a side A that's more of a general overview. And then we have a side B where Jimmy Knowledge signs even more than usual. Right, Jimmy? Tell them about side B. Side B is for the curious the folks that have their scuba gear on and are diving deeper into the improv world and and uh, a lot of the the gooey goodness that happens in in each of these songs they they all have a unique personality and we explore that the best versions of the song the the uh traces of where the song came from and the songs that came from improvisation out of these songs and then we have the metal round with a guest from the Umphreys world. And they each, Jimmy, myself, and the guest pick their top three versions of said song. And then you, the listener, vote on them. And there is some waxing poetic. Not too much. Well, maybe sometimes too much. But we appreciate if you give us a chance and listen. It's the Umphreys Wow Show on Dropped Among This Crowd Media. Thank you, Sarah. Moving along to New Year's Eve... Another five-song first set that would start out with a fat, over 15-minute Dump City. Huge highlight from the night and weekend. Noted on all things Umphreys, this would contain a Web Tangle Tease. 40s theme next with a nice, beefy Bayless solo nestled inside the jam little Floyd-esque feel to it as it starts to make its way out about three and a half-ish. Bayless would take the reins a few minutes after that. Have you listened to the 40s theme episode of Stew on This with Carl Engelman and Rob Turner? If not, give that a listen. The duo chat with Jake about a whole bunch of stuff. I think that that was also the first guest that they had on their show. They just wrapped up season one before the holiday. Their final episode was Bayless Christmas. Also, definitely should check that out. All 14 episodes that they did were so great. 
season two is coming and I'm very excited to share with everybody all the awesome stuff that they have planned. So check it out. Stew on this with Carl Engelman and Rob Turner. Link in show notes or anywhere you podcast. Back to this. Utopian fur, also very huge in finding a spot on my highlights list, would contain a little Sad But True by Metallica Jam in there, not sticking around long at all because there was so much, so much to get to jam-wise, beginning to make its way out about four minutes. Every time I listen, I just get down so fucking hard to the jam in there. Very jaunty. Coming back into Utopian about eight minutes later. This will go for one more top-down, let's fucking go, scenic drive around the block. Just out fucking standing. Definitely give that Utopian a spin. Completing this set with two Asking for a Friend songs that would get a taste of Mad Dog's filthy little secret for the first time. And in case you didn't know, Mad Dog's Filthy Little Secret is, I'm not even going to say Michael's last name, but Mad Dog on trumpet, Jeff Coffin on saxophone, Josh Klein also on saxophone, and Spencer Merck on trombone. I would absolutely butcher Mad Dog's real last name. So I'm not even going to do that and embarrass myself. Also, the first time any songs from Asking for a Friend would get this treatment. First up, It's Not Your Fault, followed by Hiccup. Also, only the second time each of these songs has been played. I love these tunes anyways, but giving them this added flavor and fullness not only took them to the next level, but definitely made me love them more. And. Something interesting, and I don't know if I just never figured it out or if it was this version or what it was, but listening to It's Not Your Fault from New Year's Eve, it occurred to me that this has a lot of what we could get vibe from Jake's style of playing specifically. Another great tune that they need to be playing more. Maybe they just don't love it live, but I really love that tune and wouldn't be mad if we got some more of that. Anyway, Hiccup to end the set, coming in very interestingly after breaking through the clouds and dancing out, adding horns to these Asking for a Friend tunes was definitely a good choice. On to set two, opening massively with Hurt Birdbath. If you're wanting more history on this tune, check out the Umphreys Wow Show with Rob Turner and Jimmy Knowledge. Anywhere you podcast or link in show notes. They dive into that tune so massively with all sorts of history and insight from Stasic and Bayless. It's good. Check out those for sure. They are on their sixth episode. They're in the process of still working on DBK. Fun fact about Hurt Birdbath, courtesy of Greg Davis on Twitter. This was the 20th anniversary of the first time Chris played on this song, December 31st, 2002, at the Vic Theater in Chicago. That was also Miro's last show. 
I really, really love the part of this jam where it just rips open about 10 and a half. Just absolutely wonderful. Then nicely pivoting right around three minutes later into her birdbath. Just very nicely done. I thought that each song they chose to open each set with each night. Very well chosen and executed phenomenally. The floor next, having a very jubilant disposition as it heads out with a surprise all-in-time jam inside of there, starting to slowly show its head, kind of five-ish minutes. I honestly thought you could hear it very slowly starting to build its foundation, starting to show more of itself, fully revealing slightly before six and a half, then completely engulfing itself in all-in-time, loosening its grip and falling all away, coming back together as the floor. And yeah, when that happened and I'm watching, I'm just like, oh, okay, okay. It's one of those things where you're just like, oh shit, I guess we're going this way. And damn, it's a good way to go. Let's just do this. And you could see some of the people in the crowds were all just like, holy shit. And then everyone's reaction online. I mean, of course, I'm checking my phone while I'm on the stream. And people are just like, did that just happen? <laughs> yes, that did actually happen. And it was fucking awesome. And I absolutely love shit like that. And just fuck yeah. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> Half delayed after that. Again, the horns coming out to join. And also stay out for the next tune, a debut cover of the Blues Brothers B-Movie Boxcar Blues from their debut album, Briefcase Full of Blues, released November 28, 1978. The quartet would take a break for the next tune, Wizard Burial Ground, coming back out to join for the last two songs of this set, Uncommon and Red Tape. Again, two fantastic songs to have the horns on. I don't think I've ever heard Uncommon with horns before. I would really have to dig in to find that red tape either. But I I could believe that I've gotten a red tape with horns before in Uncommon. Um, but either way, both phenomenal. That brings us to the final set of the weekend, opening with a beautiful glory, beginning to make our way out of 2022 and looking toward 2023. Party and Peeps, appropriately, would be the tune to do that. And my goodness, you can totally tell the excitement from Bayless when he's doing the countdown, you know, 10, 9, 8. Watching the stream, just the excitement that's coming out of him, his whole body. It's, I love that so much. Party and Peeps would take us into Odd Lang Syne and officially into New Year's with the first song of 2023 being Scapegoat. I had a feeling that that would be the case, and I may have even mentioned my prediction on here. I don't know, um, but had a feeling it was going to be the goat. And also with the horns added, just a wonderful cherry on top to this tune that is great, but bringing the horns in the mix was just a nice chef's kiss for sure. 
a really solid choice for the first song of the year also. They let it off its leash slightly before six and a half, rounding the corner about four-ish minutes later and showing a little more abrasive side as it continues, losing some of its resentments as it dances, fully blossoming open and resonating out. I will say I thought it was interesting the way they brought it into land instead of floating into the next tune attachments. But still a very nice, solid way to start 2023. That Attachments would venture off on a nice 90s alt-rock vibe adventure, eight-ish minutes, sweetly coming back to Earth and pirouetting along about five minutes later, gathering all sorts of momentum for one last exuberant and determined fuel dance completely cooling itself off and just nonchalantly walking out. Day Nurse next, followed by Fenced In, another Asking for a Friend tune that would get treated very nicely with the horns for the first time. But this would also be the first time we would see some expansion from this one beyond the proper tune, starting to shake it off slightly after four minutes keeping the roots attached, kind of like holding on to the side of the pool while you're still learning to swim. (laughs) Rounding out the last set of the evening with another debut cover, Baby Come Back, originally by Player from their self-titled album released on September 1st, 1977. Horns would join for this. And a total earworm, this tune was and is 100%. I can't tell you how many mornings since this show that I have woken up to this tune in my head or I will be doing laundry or something and we'll just start singing the chorus, baby, come back. I mean, it's, yeah, total earworm. Encore for this evening in the kitchen really digging its heels into a sinister and dark place as it heads off. This would enjoy a little time on its own before making a landing back on Earth and wandering deep into uncharted territory, finding itself in a completely different decade and one final debut cover, Africano by Earth, Wind & Fire, whose drummer, Fred White, recently passed away, I think, on the first, the day after this was played. So that's pretty fucking crazy. The original tune can be found on Earth, Wind, and Fire's 1978 album, That's the Way of the World. That was a fun way to end the evening and the weekend. So yeah. That's everything I have for this week of the show. There's a bunch of links in the show notes for anything I may have referenced throughout this episode. Any videos, the set lists, pictures, where you can listen, as well as a whole bunch of Nugs playlists. Also in the show notes, where you can support DATC Media on Patreon. And so much more, so make sure you check all of that out. 
Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Mad love.